is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is the mother of all podcasts. It's the happy hour with the DallasCowboys.com All-Stars. Let's call this grumpy hour tonight. Because I am not real happy after what took place yesterday. But welcome to the star, the Tostitos Plaza. We're here at the Omni Frisco. We're watching them put up some kind of structure. Christmas spectacular. Yeah. Oh. It's the holiday season, Shan. Tis the season. If you'd read your emails, you'd know. Shut up, Broadus. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Brian Broadus, by the hey, way, hey, ladies hey. and gentlemen. Thank Rob you, Phillips you. is on the show with us today. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. Man, you're really loud. <laughs> you are so loud. I'm going to turn you down a little bit. That's a first. Derek Eagleton is joining the show. and I'm we here. don't We don't even have a celebrity on the show, and he decided no. to come out tonight. No. Brian's a celebrity. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the only real celebrity on this show is at the end of the table. Absolutely. Big, dog. Absolutely. Hey, Big dog. dog. Nate Nude. What's up, Nate? Hey, thank you, man. And I, and I want to tell everybody out there that uh, Shannon, me and Shannon uh, does a war. <laughs> Don't we know award-winning yep, show? Yep, you do. You yeah, do. It's called yeah. Hanging with the Boys. Yep. And, uh, yeah. The rest of you guys just hanging with me and my boys. That's right. Yeah. That's so, right. so it's the whole idea that you just keep saying it and keep saying it, and eventually it happens. Like, What's yeah. that? The more you say it's award-winning, eventually it's going to be award-winning. Like Coach Garrett say, just keep visualizing. Visualizing. I got you. I got you. Visualizing <laughs> that this offense is going to I'll give you up. the clap. Yeah, that's good. Hey. I'll give you the clap. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, I appreciate so that. Wait, so, wait, Nate, if we visualize this, this team's going to start putting up more than 20 points a game, it's going to happen? Oh, it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Okay. I mean, you haven't watched Philadelphia yet, have you? It, uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> wow. Wow. We're going come. there already. Oh, oh, man. Right. Is that what we're going to do tonight? All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's <laughs> to get to four and four. That's <laughs> what I was trying to get you to do last night. Let's start this like we do every week. Yeah. We'll go down, we'll go down the, the table here. You get a minute apiece. <laughs> Tell us what you saw yesterday. It might, you might only need 15 seconds, yeah. but you get a full minute, Rob. So let's go. Good start. Terrible finish. No doubt about it. I mean, they, they came out hot offensively, did what they wanted to do. And they couldn't sustain it over 60 minutes. And what wound up happening was Tennessee did to Dallas what Dallas likes to do to teams, and that's grind them down. Second half, they dominated time of possession, 34 minutes. The game was ultimately lost early when they couldn't capitalize on their opportunities. And for once, the first time all year, the defense didn't play a close to a dominant football game, and it didn't mask some of the problems that they've had offensively. Like we talked about trying to get 20 points a game. 14 points, sometimes that's enough for this defense, 14-17, not enough against the Tennessee offense. It really had struggled all year long. That was a really surprising thing for me. But you brought us? Yeah, I think this game came down to third down conversions. And it came down to, were you going to go with that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but, the, but, if you, <laughs> but, but not just your normal everyday third down conversions. We're talking third and seven plus, you know. And yep. Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans, like Rob said, their offense was challenged. They, they were challenged all year to sustain drives, to convert third downs, to even play well in the red zone. They made no, they make no big plays. Last of the National Football League in plays of 20-plus yards. And they had some huge plays. That third and ten play they threw down the middle of the field, you know, with Sean Lee in coverage and mm-hmm. all. And, you know, it, just, it, was, it was those types. I mean, they, yeah, they had some third and ones and third and twos. But the majority of their 11 to 14 conversions were third and seven-plus. And if you're doing that, I don't care who you are. You're going to win games, 
And the Cowboys had no answer for them. They had no answers for the third down plays. They had no answers for the screen package. And, and I asked Jason Garrett that question today. That was awful, the way they played those screens. They, they didn't get off blocks. They didn't get to anybody. They had a big, big, big problem trying to get anybody on the ground on those particular plays. Derek, what you got? The surprise here was the defense, mainly because I, as we went into that game, I said last week on the award-winning Cowboys break um, <laughs> that, that I, ex- I didn't really expect necessarily that the offense was going to be great this game. I thought adding Amari Cooper, I thought – and I've seen before where they come off a bye – and they're a little flat. They don't quite, you know, they're not quite clicking. So I wasn't really expecting the offense to be very different than what we'd seen before. My expectation was that this defense would be very, very different than what we saw last night, and they were not. And to give you some numbers around what Brian was talking about, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, early part of the fourth quarter, they were at that point, they had given up uh, 8 of 11 third down conversions, and six of those, six of those eight conversions we're on three, I'm sorry, third and seven or more. Yeah. Uh, when you get to third and seven, think about that. When you get to third and seven, that means on first down and second down, you've held them to a total, a grand total of at least of no more than three yards. Right. And at that point, you give up this big play. Yeah. That, that's the part that to me was extremely surprising um, and not what I was expecting from this defense. Nate, everybody else has gone over their minute, so you can go over your minute too. What no, you got? I'm not going to go long because I want to hear if you get to the fans. But I will say this right here. For the first seven minutes, our defense did what it was supposed to do. Our offense did not answer. And I don't care what we say about not pointing fingers and not, hey, not talking about your teammates. When you walk back to the sideline and you give a guy the ball on the, on the, on the positive side of the fifth and you do nothing with it, you miss a field goal, you throw an interception, and you come back, and I need you one time. I've been on the field for eight minutes and 55 seconds. 15 plays and 80 yards. I need for you to go out there and at least give me a breather. What did they do, Brian? They didn't. They went three and out. Yeah. After the after the missed field goal, yeah. the chip yeah. shot by yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, it was. That's they, where it, you got to have something. Yeah, happen. they they just could not do anything to you know. And, and Tennessee, to Tennessee's credit, though, they they got up on they got up on them and they forced Dallas to do something Dallas really doesn't want to do, and that's throw the football. What do you guys think happened to? The defense, because they've been playing lights out, and, and they were really good on first and second down. And, and Garrett third said down. they weren't aggressive. They, Garrett said that they were they were too they were really too passive in the walk off. Mm-hmm. He was talking about because they specifically asked about Awuzie. Mm-hmm. You know what happened to Awuzie? Mm-hmm. And he goes, he just wasn't aggressive enough. He just wasn't uh, making those plays that he needs. He needs to be more aggressive in his approach in this game. And you know you you saw it when you watch the when you go back and watch the game, you see. Really, Tennessee's got no-name receivers mm-hmm. that are winning on routes on your on mm-hmm. the Byron Joneses and the Cheeto Awuzies and yeah. on the safeties and on the nickels and you know when you have that you know you're not going to win. They, they just they just were not aggressive enough in the secondary that like they needed to not deny the football and they just couldn't do that. After the game, me and Broadus kind of got into a little debate about it because I said Broadus, our safeties and corners just wasn't yeah. hugging the ball like they normally do, and it's. And we saw it. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to continue to say this right here. If you don't want to lose your defense from this point on, somehow, somewhere, offensively, you got to pick it up because our defense can give you a hellacious 30 minutes. But asking them to give you 35 and being up around 50% on third downs, that will crush your defense. Because, Nate, that, the one thing missing with this defense was takeaways going into yeah, the game. Yeah, really, and they got I takeaways. Mean, yeah. they, got take, they got two, and really, 
I mean, if you look back at it, that probably should have been three. Yes, sir. I mean, they, yes, sir. The guy turned around and made a the tight end made a football move. I know it's a bang bang play. That could. I mean, it should have been seventeen nothing at least. And yeah, I think they got tired as well. And the other thing that that maybe is not being pointed out enough, your defensive line was struggling in terms of numbers. Yeah. Didn't have David Irving in this game. Didn't have Randy Gregory. And Taco, Taco Charlton got, Taco got hurt for a little bit. And I think that taxes you over a period of time in the second half. What'd y'all do to Nate? He just left. He's ready I for the fans. He's going to find some oh, fans. Nate, Nate, before you before you get with the fans, I got a question. You yes, sir. you and Broadus do the pregame show, right? Yes, we do. Post game and the the post game yeah, show. Both. Yes, yes, sir. And you get to watch the game together. Yes, we do. And when the game doesn't go very well, Broadus isn't real pleasant to be around, right? No, nah, no, nah, he's he's kind of a you know mental case. Uh. <laughs> how how was how kind was of a mental case. how was it yesterday? What was that room like yesterday? Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't nice because you can tell by the middle of the third quarter he started practicing the things he would say <laughs> on air. Once he started practicing on us, it only builds from that point on. Me, Miss Lindsay, Miss Say, we sitting there looking, and Miss Lindsay be just egging him on. Really, Brian? What are you saying? <laughs> is he pacing while he's doing that, or is no, he like, kind of no, sitting no, there? No, writing. Because he has to give me the down and distance. Yeah, see, Nate, Nate always asks me, and, 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 and I just want to go, you know, when the game's rolling on, like they'll have the ball, and, and Nate will see it, and, and they go, where's the ball, Brian? I go, Tennessee 37, Nate. <laughs> Starting to get frustrated. Yeah, down the distance, and, and, man. And, and, What's and, the down the distance? Second and 10, Nate. I'm looking at the TV right away. I'm I think trying it, to distract them from putting all the extras in, but it never works. It doesn't work. I tell you what does work. If you ever come out here to the Omni, yeah. order the meatballs. Yeah. Oh, oh, my, my gosh. goodness. We Best have, meatballs We have ever. two plates of them, and Brian just got through telling us how bad they are for us. No, these are good meatballs. They I honestly cannot yeah, wait until the break so I can so stuff can eat, my face yeah, These are good meatballs. Yeah. Rob, are we going to race to see who can eat the final four first? Oh, you gotta got watch. you. I got okay, you. Ted Nichols Payne, our, our engineer. <laughs> He will. He trust me. He will walk Skinny over here and go. Oh, what do we got here, guys? And next thing you know, three of them will be gone. What did you guys see out of? Of course, the big story going into the game was Amari Cooper. You get yeah. to see your new toy uh, for the first time on the field. I heard that you know from a couple of the guys that he had a great practice on Thursday. Sure did. Actually pushed Gallup a little bit, made him yeah. a little bit better during practice. Sure did. What did you think? Did you see about what you thought you would see out of him? Did you expect to see more? You know what I loved about him? I mentioned this to Nick Eatman, who's my co-host on the award-winning Cowboys break. Um, he said, I was telling him that if you notice, almost every play that, that uh, Amari Cooper caught a pass, he was really open. I'm talking right. he had created separation of a couple of yards. Um, and it, that's usually a good sign that a guy knows how to run really good routes. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've heard for the last several years. I don't know how many years now. We've heard about the Cowboys receivers not being able to run Chris Browns, not being able to get open, not being able to create separation. And with a quarterback who sometimes can be a little bit challenged when it comes to being accurate and make sure he get the ball, gets the ball where it needs to go, a receiver that can present himself with separation helps. And I think we saw a little bit of that yesterday. I'm really excited to see now how much can they take that a little farther. Can they incorporate the deep ball into his game as well? But I'm, I was pretty excited with what I saw there. Two things that stood out for me. The, the one deep shot they took to Cole Beasley in the first half, that was a product of the attention that he drew. They double covered him down the seam. They had, I mean, Cole was open for a step. He had a step. That's, that's the effect that he can have for other receivers, even though they doubled Cole for a lot of the night. The other thing was he had a catch, run after catch, before the second touchdown to Allen Hearns where it was Des Bryant-like, right. where it's a big physical receiver that you're going to have to gang tackle me to stop me. And that's a different element that I don't think this receiving core has had so far this season. 
Yeah. He, he's a big, physical, fast, talented wideout. And, I mean, he's, he is a number one option. I expect his role to grow as we keep going. It's pretty good for, what, five practices? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I think with the, what you saw from him on the touchdown reception, they, they double cover him. And he's on a return route where he goes inside and then he returns to where he came from. And they took Kenny Vaccaro and tried to, to shut him down from going inside the safety to try and shut him from going down inside and maybe running a slant. And then that's a route that, that, that shouldn't have been a touchdown, the way that they covered that. But he got out of the break coming back so fast. And give Prescott some, some credit because he held the ball long enough to get him across there and then able to hit him. And yeah. then you saw, like Rob saw, you know, once he had the ball, he's north-south, he's going, he's trying to get up the field. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to make the tackle on him when he, had, when he saw the, the pylon right there. He took that ball, went right forward, got the touchdown. I think you're going to see a, a, a lot more of that from him. You know, we'll, uh, you know I, it, it, at least those, uh, those opportunities, if they get him the ball down there, you now have a legitimate red zone threat. You now have a legitimate guy that can make plays on third down if you know the, uh, the route he caught on the outside, though, and tap, tap, both feet got down, you know, caught the ball in a, in a, in a, a small space. These are things you didn't have, you know, going, uh, going forward, and, and now you do. Nate, before we get to you, because I have a feeling I know Y'all where take this. take your time, man. Go ahead. On. Okay, all right. Well, before we get to you, I have a feeling I know where all of this is going to go with fan questions. So before we go down that road, were there any positives we can take out of this game? Were there any encouraging things that you guys saw? That you were like, okay, this, you know, it wasn't you all know, bad. I didn't think Tyron Smith played really badly at yeah. all. I mean, and we've been worried about Tyron Smith and some of the problems, you know, maybe not physically, but okay, you know, Hudson Hawk and I were talking about this. He said, you know, the problem with Smith has had this year is that he sets too wide. He thinks wide, real wide, get wide, get wide, get wide, and then when he has to transfer his weight back inside to cut guys off, then it's been problematic for him. I thought his sets were a lot better in the game. I thought he played with a lot more power in the game. You know, he looked like a guy that it really had hit, hit, hit hurt all week long the problems that he was having, and he said, enough. I've had enough of this. And he went out. I thought if you want to talk about individual guys that played well, I think you'd have to point him out along with him and a guy like Amari Cooper, you know, what they were able to do. Yeah. What about you, Derek? I'll, I'll throw out Demarcus Lawrence as well. I mean, yeah. Demarcus yeah. Lawrence is continuing to be a steady presence on this defense. He's disruptive. He's doing all the things that I think you want him to do. To me, he is solidifying why the Cowboys need to uh, need to be able to, to sign him to a long-term deal, in my opinion, because not only is he a really good player, he also is leading that group, and that's, that's, that's big, I think. I think that's yeah. really important. I think he's a good player. Yeah. I think they got to resign him. I think two, two of the other sacks they had was a product of him just pushing Absolutely. guys into yeah. the backfield and saying, yep. okay, you got to count for me. Here comes Daniel Ross. Here comes Tyrone Crawford. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ross but, with a nice play on that, that twist all the way around. That's a tough stunt ooh, to run. Ooh. Two ooh. down, two down, and ooh. one all the way Arnold around. Arnold Harshak. Ooh, ooh. Nate, <laughs> Nate, Nate. Hey, no, 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 I got a question. Hey, tell me about, the, about Connor Williams and his injury. Y'all, y'all continue on. I want to know about Connor. Is he okay, Connor Williams? Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go this week, no. even if he doesn't have a knee scope. And I think the thinking is if he does have the scope, it can kind of clean some things up and maybe it's accel- like Randy Gregory, accelerate yeah. his yeah. return. You know, Randy tried to play through it. This might get him back in a week or two. We'll see. Uh, the question is what they would do if he does, in fact, miss time. Do you, do you fix one spot? and put Filo in there at guard. He's your primary backup guard. Or you try to move Joe Looney yeah. to guard and put Adam Redman in there and fix two spots. It doesn't sound like Lyle Collins is an option at guard. Nate though. will talk to you about that, I'm sure, <laughs> if you ask him about moving the center, moving Joe Looney. After what Joe Looney's gone through now through eight games, I don't think you want to switch the center out. 
you know, I think everybody is starting to feel a little bit more comfortable now with Joe Looney. I think it's not going to be Suofilo. I think it's going to be Redmond. At that guard. They're, they're going to play guard. Now, now he's you know, more of a center, though, right? Yeah, he's or more of a center, but, but, but Suofilo is, doesn't do the athletic things that they need him, that they need to do. Now, they brought him in as a, as a backup guy, a 53rd guy, but Redmond is one of those guys that's got more of that the pulling ability, second-level ability, stuff like that. Now, we know Connor Williams is a, a rookie, and he goes through w- rookie challenges, right? Right. Um, could you end up in a situation here where you actually may get a little better play? And that's not to say that Connor Williams in the long term won't yeah. be a much better player than either of these options, but right now having somebody that's maybe a little bit more experienced, do you end up getting a little better play than, than what you're getting right now from Connor Williams? I think that's a fair question because, you know, Connor has – if you if you you know you're, you're talking about he's played. If you look at preseason, that's four preseason games now, eight regular season. His college season was only twelve games, right? Mm-hmm. So he's his body right now is telling him, "Up, oh, shut it down." But you know he's going to have to play another eight games, or at least you know you know probably six, seven more games. But yeah, I you know I I think that uh, you could probably get a little bit better. I think you could maybe get a little bit better if you moved Lyle Collins back inside. To to uh, to guard and then took Fleming and put him at tackle to get your best five to get your best five. Fleming's on the field. more experienced. Yeah, guy yeah Fleming yeah, Fleming started Fleming started AFC Championship game. He started yep. a Super yep. Bowl last yep. year. You know, now we we are all not very excited about Fleming, but I, I think that if you look, what's the one thing that you want to make sure? What's the biggest problem that Dak Prescott's had? It's been the middle of the pocket when something happens to Connor Williams. You know, the pressure that they've gotten in the middle of the pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Joe Looney or Connor Williams. If you put Collins in there, now you're putting a guy in there that's a big, powerful guy. Yep. Has to play in a little bit smaller space, but I don't know if they'll exactly do that. You we'll think see. there's any chance they do that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to snoop around a bunch and try and figure it out. But it, it might be the best way to not have to put Redmond, who's a little bit smaller guy, and Suofilo, who's not as good as athlete, as what you've had. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Nate, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for keeping that young man waiting uh, nah, so nah, long. Now, nah, me and Roger was, was chopping it up pretty good. <laughs> What's here. up, Roger? Hey, hey, good. this is Roger from Harlem, New York. He oh, man. He got, a, he got a tough question for y'all. Yeah, I got a question. I, I want a real answer, too, and not no <laughs> sugarcoat answer. Is it time for Garrett to go? Oh, yeah. There we go. You said Gabbert? <laughs> Jason Garrett, he's from New York. Garrett, Garrett. Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, he looked bad yeah, throwing the ball. He looked bad throwing the ball yesterday for the Titans. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I. You know what? I. I'm. To me, you're way behind me. Then, if you're asking that question, you're way behind me because if you listen to any of our broadcasts, uh-huh. I've tried to fire him three times now, and every time I've tried to fire him, he's won like ten games, twelve games, thirteen games. So, you know, I mean, I'm to the point now where anything I say doesn't matter. And but they're going to have to make a decision on him. They're so, absolutely so going to have to. So yeah. Now. Well, no, you've got eight more games. And from my from my standpoint, though, he's not going to make a switch in the middle of the season. Right. You know. Now you get to the end of the year, and he says, "Okay." When he sits him down, he says, "Okay, I tried to help you with this. I tried to help you with the receiver. I try. I gave up a first round pick who I absolutely didn't want to give up. You know. I switched out a coaching staff basically for you. I kept. I, I switched your uh, offensive uh, your line coach for you." So what, let's evaluate where we're at. Let's evaluate. And I, I think it will be very, very hard for Jason Garrett not to say, you know, yeah, the, you know, he gave him eight years. Right. You know, right. he's given him eight years. He's going to give him the remainder this year. But if you're barking up the tree about firing and, and looking at me, you're, you're way late to the party. Okay? So, but, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. 
Yeah, Nate. Nate, Nate, leading the witness. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, what I just asked him. Nate, you think they should fire? Nate, he's your former teammate. Should they fire Jason Garrett? I say what? Should they fire? <laughs> should, they, should, they fire should, they, should they fire Jason Garrett, your former teammate? No, what I was asking him was. Nate, answer the question. Should they fire who? Jason Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. Jay, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm not gonna never go along with it, because, and I'm gonna tell you why I'm not gonna never go along with it, because. To me, you're a big man. You can get no, away with it. No, to me, Jason Garrett is Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips is Jason Garrett, and the next person that they hire is going to be Jason Garrett. And what I mean by that is they're going to have to come in. You blame the general manager up, then? They're going to come, they're gonna have to come in and give up certain rights as a coach. Hmm. The coaches have to be in control of all things football. And when you're not in control of all things football, it's always going to be a little discord there. So that's what, why, why fire him if we're going to hire another Jason Jr. What if they don't? What if they, what, if they, what if they go get What if they get the guy from New Orleans or go get the guy from Oklahoma? Coach Payton? Yeah. I, I, you know, you're talking about $120-something million. I don't think they're going to do that. Is it more importantly to have a coach or to have the players? It's more important to have a great coach. Yeah. And to have the players. Do you think you have the players to win right now? No, we don't. You don't? No, we don't. We don't have the players to win. We don't. You agree? Um, I think it depends on the coach that you have. I think that um, if you take a, a really, really great quote, and mo most importantly, if you can find a coach that can figure out how to get your quarterback to play at yeah. the level that he played in his rookie year, then maybe you're on to something. Yeah. I don't think right now they're figuring out how to do that. Right. And I, I, I think a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can look at that. I think part of it is we can look at these games like yesterday when he has two carries for 11 yards. Yeah. A part of his game, a part of what he does well is be able to keep defenses off balance sure. by using his legs. Sure. And the fact that they're not yeah. able to figure out how to incorporate that more into games to me, is an indictment on the coaching and the, staff. And the other thing they're struggling with is it's not the same offensive line as 2016. They just yeah. dominated up front, controlled Doug the line Free. of scrimmage. Yeah, Ron, Ron Leary. Dak was in a lot of second and five, second third, and threes. third and one type yeah. stuff, and that's just not the case. And, look, they've admitted they're trying to fix the O-line. Some of it's personnel. More injuries don't help. Uh, but they got a new voice in there for Mark Lumbo. I will say this. They played better for a half. That was a pretty good half that they played. Second half, back to penalties, back to – uh, sacks. Missed assignments. You can put a couple on yeah. Dak there. Yeah, just, you know, they've got to figure out, especially on the road, how to put a full game together because everything to me starts up front. Let's still. take a quick break because those meatballs are getting very yes, cold. And I want to eat those meatballs. And then also, I want to, you guys kind of started down this road for maybe the first time since I've been here. There, there seem like there's so many things that are wrong. You, it's hard to put a finger on what what do you, what do you need to fix? What's the most what's the wrong? big wrong? What's yeah. the biggest thing that's wrong? And I yeah. kind of want I want to pick y'all's brain about what you think that is, and can you fix it this year, or is it just kind of like are we in reset mode where it's like all right, let's just fight through the rest of this year and get get to next year, and then Nate, you've got somebody out there when we come yeah, back. JC, you know, let, let me ask, let him ask this question right quick. Like, if, if, Nate, these meatballs are freezing. Okay, JC, your question right quick, like. Okay, so. If uh, Garrett is not the right person or right coach at this time, who do you think would be the ideal coach for the Dallas Cowboys? Whoever gets this job is going to have to be a guy that's going to convince Jerry Jones that he can fix Dak Prescott, whoever that is. I don't know who that guy is. That guy is going to have to convince. He's going to say, 
listen, I can come in here and I can make him a better player. I know I can make him a better player. That's where the interview is going to start. That's where Jerry Jones is going to start this interview. You know, he's not going to look. He's going to look at that quarterback position first. Whoever that is, whatever guy is, if, if you, you know, it, now nobody knew of Sean McVay. If you know the National Football League, you know what Sean McVay is. Sean McVay had to convince ownership in Los Angeles that he could fix golf, and he has fixed golf. So whoever you bring in will be that guy who has to fix your quarterback. If that quarterback after one year is not fixable, then you turn around in year two and figure out, okay, do we have to draft a guy? Do you try and play with Mike White? You do something in free agents. Because your owner came out today on the fan and said yes. he's getting an extension. And that's consistent with what Jerry has been all along, all aboard Dak Prescott. Yes. Yeah, I true. mean, all along. And I believe it, too. And really for do. those of us that lived through the early 2000s okay, when the, the, quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that. that were here, you really didn't have a quarterback. Right. Like, they know that what Jerry's feeling from the standpoint that, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, if you don't have a solid quarterback, and that's not a great quarterback. If you just have a solid quarterback, yeah. you have no shot. This guy's not perfect. Right. I mean, the biggest fault he had was his, his first year here was just amazing. Being, being too good. He was too good. <laughs> right. He was amazing. He was amazing. But everything about the offensive line, the running game, Cole Beasley, everything that he did Des was, Bryant, per- was, Jason Witten. was perfect for him. Yeah, it was a perfect And so now class. it's like we forget that, okay, he was a fourth-round pick. And he had his faults and his, you know, coming in. But, you know, we've got him now at this level where, you know, well, if you've seen him play that level, he should continue to play at that level. But he's a good quarterback. Okay, Does he one, make mistakes? One more, one more question, guys. I don't mean to interrupt. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. You just said, I don't mean to interrupt, but you jumped in and interrupted. But so I just did, what right? is it? What is it? You don't mean to interrupt or hey, you wanted to interrupt? It's the midterm elections. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? So thank you guys for that answer. Um, Okay, so one more question is, like, I, I think that Dak Prescott uh, has been, a, you know, initially was a great quarterback in my eyes. Sure. We've seen him kind of deteriorate, I guess. And I don't know if we should blame the offensive line for it, but. It's been a big part of it. I'll tell you what, right. let, that, that kind of hits on what I want to get into in just a minute. So that's a great question. Let's take a break because I'm going to eat the rest of these meatballs. No, you're, you're not. It, you're going to eat a couple. Okay, I'll eat a Shannon, couple. get you it to break. Let's go. Come out if you're out in the area. Come see us. The weather is awesome. We got a show right after this, Cowboys Hour with Leighton Vander Esch and Damian Wilson along with the greatness of Brad Sham and Taylor Stern on that show. Rob, Derek, Brian, Nate, thanks for hanging out tonight. You're supposed to say you're welcome, Shannon. Welcome, Shannon. All right, we'll be right back on Happy Hour. If you're like me and you love...
That's EssilorUSA.com. Terms and conditions apply. Back, Back to the happy hour. Yeah, check this out. With the DallasCowboys.com All-Stars. Back at the Omni in Frisco on this beautiful evening. Man, can you believe this weather? It's, it's what, November the 6th? It is so great. And I've got short sleeves on, and it's not even chilly. It's awesome out here. Can I just say that I polished off that whole thing of meatballs right there in that break? They are empty so, over here, so too. So great. How many did you eat in one break? Six. <laughs> Six. Yeah. But, he's, but he's also going to run 12 miles in the morning. That's I fair. will run 12 miles in the morning. Yep. Man, do you train him for a half? Yeah. When is it? Uh, February. Got oh. the Fort Worth, uh, Cowtown. Man. Ryan's running with me. Is he? Yeah. Is he going to get in? No, I'm going to ride on the bike like I'm Tour de France. <laughs> I'm going to ride next to him. Are your ha- going there? Are your half marathon days over? I ran five marathons by the time I was 45. Yeah, he's all. Wow. So you're done. He's already done. I'm it. done. Yeah, yeah. You're done. I'll be 55 in December 12th. So yeah, I'm all my running. You look great for 54. Yeah, he man. does. I lost started losing hair when I was in, in 1983. I don't look very. Shaved your head and never grew can back. I, can, right? I ask, can I ask a question? Can yeah, I ask a real quick absolutely. question. Who's Wittenstein for his? <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go good. there. It looks good. We're gonna I, go there. I think I. I don't know. I think I need to go to this guy or lady, yo, whoever has yo, it. Yo, man. Yo. Am I wrong? This dude got to catch a flight. I don't think you're man. wrong. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> okay, who you got, Nate? I'm sorry. I got Rogers' uh, partner named Tony. He's from Harlem, man. Ah, he said Tony. he has a question, cool. especially for Broadis. Thank you. Appreciate yes. that. Um, I'd like to know if you was a coach, what would you do with the um offensive line? Hmm. What, yeah. what do I do with the offensive line? What's up, Coach B? I think they did the right thing by getting rid of – I wouldn't have first off hired Paul Alexander because that's my – I know through – I've been in the league since 1992 where there's a scout or doing the, the, the stuff in media now, but I know, I know his history. I don't think I would have gone that route. And I, I wouldn't have gone the route of trying to bring somebody in that was going to replace technique that these guys had developed into all pro – type of seasons so for me I would have I would have gone ahead I would have gone ahead and went for Mark Colombo I would if that if that's what if you want to keep things with the continuity and you know Mark had been here with with running game Moses Bill Callahan he'd been here with he'd been here with Frank Pollock you know he was ready to he was ready to do this it what's the difference eight weeks or you know you know why not I, yeah I don't know if they looked at it and said we've already promoted guys from within younger coaches yeah but to me i'm I'm, I'm with you but i'm just saying you know keith o'quinn is a is an as a younger hire right kellen moore maybe they've decided okay with this veteran offensive line we need a veteran coach but but they tried to hire mike solari they tried to hire mike solari who ended up at seattle garrett waited too long to get mike solari that's the problem there so paul alexander was like the fallback candidate i wouldn't have hired him and i'm not saying it but is because of now what we know, I just know Paul Alexander. Can, can I get real quick to what Rob was asking about? Because I, we talked about it a little bit today on our show that you've got four positions on this team where the position coach came in the door this year having his first opportunity to coach that position as a position coach. This is a very inexperienced group from that standpoint. Do, do you think that matter and matters? And, and when you really think about it from the standpoint of how this looks across the league, is that abnormal? Uh, and I really don't have yeah, any perspective across the league. But, yeah. but being able to have four different position groups, and we're talking about quarterback, we're talking about linebacker, we're talking about special teams, um, we're talking about now offensive line. Yeah. And these are areas where you have some young players, particularly your quarterback, 
does it hurt you having guys that are less experienced or really not really experienced at all uh, coaching those different positions um, and having to lead these young men? I don't think it. I don't think that, that to me, when you look at offensively what they're doing, I, it, it, it's all running through Linehan. Everything is running through. What, what, who's the one coach you got to stay? Linehan. Linehan, right? They fired everybody else, they, with the exception of Gary Brown. You know, Dooley left on his Dooley own. Dooley left on his own mm-hmm. because he'd had enough. You know, you, Frank Pollock obviously got into it with with the, the staff, and you know he's he's gone. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the one constant they've had is the OC, you know. So, to answer your question, you know, does it really matter? I mean, Linehan's going to run it the way he wants to run it. And, you know, and, and they had to, you know, he, you know, he probably, like I say, Mike Solari was going to come in here. They waited too long. They, they have to settle on Alexander. For eight weeks, your offensive line has struggled. And now you say, oh, well, Mark Colombo's now suddenly ready? Well, he wasn't ready eight weeks ago? You know, I mean, I understand what you're trying to say with all the young coaches and stuff like that, but I would rather have a young staff. I would and, rather well, have. I'd rather and, have a young. But does that? But does that in any way inhibit the development of, let's say, for example, a Dak Prescott? If you have a guy that hasn't really had the experience, and think about it, in any career, he had an old coach in in, in Wade Wilson uh-huh. in his first year. What about in his second year? Who was his? Who was his quarterback coach last year? Wade, Wade Wilson. Yeah. Did he start regressing last year? Wade Wilson was Did still that his happen coach. though after the Atlanta game? It seemed like to me after the Atlanta game is when we started to see those problems really crop up consistently, right? Yeah. But he couldn't coach him out of it. He could not. It didn't seem like see, it. Whatever, what for whatever saying. reason, he was not coming out of it. Yeah. I, I, give me, give me. If if you got, if you got, you got how many Pro Bowl players do you have on that offensive line? Three. Three. Yes. Yep. Well, you, you could three, probably get away two. with having a young coach on that uh, and a, a guy they respect. They obviously didn't respect Paul Alexander. Well, and, and if you look at what was said in the locker room. And what you said, I agree. Experience be damned. Keep the philosophy consistent. Yes. He'd bring it HUD. A change yeah. in terms of technique, and you've got young players trying to learn it on the fly. Lyle Collins, second year as a starter. It just didn't Regressed. work. It just didn't work. They, they just, they, I credit them for saying, what, halfway through the season, bad fit. Let's go back to what we know. They also, they also realized, too, that they couldn't have receiver by committee, too. Right. was yeah. another thing. Right. That was another thing they were trying to hang their hat on coming out of Oxnard. And, and as a fan, one thing you got to give it to them, they didn't just sit back and go, we're just going to fight it Absolutely out through the season. Not. They Absolutely. went out and made moves. He could have let this so. thing tank, be 6-10, right. and ten, and just got rid of everybody. Yeah. Nate, who you got out there? I got Ricky, man. What's from, up, Ricky, man? Plain old man. He got a question, Ricky, man, that I, I think need to be really mauled over. Uh, after Sean Lee going down again last night, have we seen the Cowboys seen the last of Sean Lee? Oh, man, I asked that question last night to a couple That's people. That's a tough too. question. I hate that question. I hate it, too. Yeah. What do you think? Well, you've got players in place to replace them if that happens. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you make yeah. it, nothing against you. I just, yeah. I just, we love Sean Lee. That's yeah. a tough no, question. No, the, the thing about it is, though, but but what do we know about Sean Lee? What has been the history of Sean Lee? Mm-hmm. See, that's where, as a personnel guy, you love having Sean Lee, but the problem is here we're fighting for our lives. You yeah. know, we're three and five. You know, we're going to play a game in Philadelphia and in Atlanta. You need, you know, you need him on the field. But where is he? He's not on the field. You know. But that's been his history. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to have to say, okay, where are we spending our salary cap dollars? Is it going to help us re-sign Demarcus Lawrence? Is it going to help us sign Byron Jones? Is it going to help us extend somebody that we want to keep here? Do you think he would be, if he's not around as a player, do you think he'd be around in some fashion as a coach? Let me ask you this. Would you you go to to Sean Lee and ask him to take a reduction in contract to stay here? Would you try and cut his money? 
Honestly, I think it's at a point right now where either I feel like he's going to be here or I feel like I can no longer trust him to stay healthy. And if I get to the point where I feel like I wouldn't even insult him with saying take less money, I would just say, hey, we appreciate the same time. Same way you did Des Bryant. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, we'll, and, you go on, and you go on to a younger a younger player, right? Right now they have replacements, and that's sure because they, they planned for this. They so did. they didn't leave themselves exposed like they were last year. Right. They have a plan in place. Those guys, for the most part, have played well this year. Right. So as much as you like Sean Lee, and I, and I think we all like him as a person. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, when he's healthy, love him as a player. Yep. The fact is, and I heard, you say, I heard you say this last year about Tony Romo, it's gotten to a point where he's getting hurt on routine plays. Yeah. And when you're getting hurt on routine plays – then that becomes a bit of a challenge for the coaching staff to really be able to plan around. And it's the same thing over and over again. It's right. the same hamstring, I believe, that cost him, like, five games last year, three games this year. He's he's having trouble staying healthy because of one singular issue that it, at 32, 33, it keeps cropping up. It's got to be extremely frustrating for him. Because he spent all offseason trying to get it right. Right. You yeah. know? The, the decision for Sean Lee will be tough, but it's in the other hand, it'll be easier because you actually have – players in place that can replace him yeah that's yeah. that's when decisions become tough see they didn't have a replacement for des bryant right they didn't and so they end up having to spend the first, they, they round, pick. A first right. round pick to do it now you had to spend a first round pick to replace sean lee leighton vanderesh yep. speaking of on deck yeah they come up next yeah yeah, leighton vanderesh, yeah. and damian wilson let's take another quick break nate's nate's got a couple more questions for us we'll come back and close out the show on cowboys happy hour if you're like me and you love, I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now, more for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, renews monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 and less canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yup. And now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof, Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been tailgating with the OtterBox boys. Learn more about the Trooper soft coolers at OtterBox.com. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com football. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. 
To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Essilor has been helping Cowboys fans see better since 1972 so they don't miss a moment on the field. Get glasses with Essilor's best vision, clarity, and protection with the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package. Three innovative technologies in one lens. For a limited time, you can double your lenses for free when you purchase the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package and get a second pair of frames. Find a participating eye care professional and details by visiting EssilorUSA.com. That's EssilorUSA.com. Terms and conditions apply. Back Back to the happy hour with the DallasCowboys.com All-Stars. Back, final segment of happy hour or grumpy hour as we're calling it today. My good buddies and co-workers, Rob Phillips, Brian Broaddus, Derek Eagleton, Nate Newton. Nate, you got somebody on deck out there? Yeah, man, I got Hal from Cincinnati, man. For Connecticut, excuse me. Connecticut, Hal from Connecticut. Then I got a dude from Philly, too, coming up. All right, here we go. Yeah, I got a question. I I think a lot of people are just tired of this coaching staff and pampering these players. And and these these coaches have to get, like, change over or do something like the old days. There's nothing would happen like this anymore if it was back in the old days. So (laughs) I I know a lot of people are just fed up with, you know, Garrett clapping his hand on the side, you know, trying to get these guys motivated to do their job. What do you think about that, changing the coaching staff and changing everything? That seems to be the common refrain. Like, obviously, we all did shows all day today, and it, that's, that seems to be the topic. I will say this. Like, I don't think it makes a ton of sense right now for them to make a move in season. Not in the middle of the season. I, I keep hearing fans say that. How does it help you? I think when they made the change with, with Wade, Wade Phillips, I think there were two things that happened. Number one, there were two games where basically it felt like the team was no longer uh, responding to the coach. That's the first thing. The second thing is I think everybody knew who Jerry wanted as his next head coach. It was a guy that was already on the staff. He was the offensive coordinator. It was Jason Garrett. And this gave them an opportunity to give him an op- a chance to kind of get going with the team before he took over the mantle next year. I don't know that Jerry necessarily thinks if he were going to make a move, I don't know that he necessarily thinks that the guy that's going to be his next head coach is on this staff. So what does it benefit you making a change right now? Well, At the end of the season, there's a lot more to discuss. But I think right now, I just don't think that that's something that they want to do. Unless well, you want to see Chris Richard. You want to see well, Chris Richard. It. It's yeah. not going to hurt anything because we're not really going anywhere now because it looks like the guys aren't responding to the coach. That's my biggest issue. Uh, I mean, you know, e- effort's never been the issue with a Jason Garrett coach team. And that Derek's right. Wade, the end of Wade's tenure – they were not responding. Those last two games against Blown Jacksonville and, uh, and Green, uh, Green Bay, Bay yeah. Yeah. it that's, was really bad. That's not the case here. What do you so. guys think the, the, the biggest issue is with this team? Because it seems like there's so many things on any given day. It's, you know, some, sometimes it's the coaching, it's the play calling, it's the passing game, it's the running game, it's the receivers, it's all these different things. What do you think? Is it just a combination of everything or are there – Certain things, if you fix, it's not too late to turn the season around. I've said for the last probably month, month and a half, that I think it's the offensive line. When you enter a season like the Cowboys did, their expectation was, what, what, if you ask any fan, you ask any, you know, anybody that follows the Cowboys, the thing that they hung their hat on that they were supposed to be great at was their offensive line was supposed to be dominant. And from that, they would, a- they would be able to, to shield themselves from the deficiencies that they may have. When the offensive line isn't dominant, when the offensive line is average, some games below average, now you got a problem because 
that's where you expect it to excel and be better than your opponent. And I think that's where everything starts. All right, Broadus, you watch film. Yeah. Have you seen enough with this coaching change after one game? To I'm trying to find a little hope here. No, I told you we thought that, that Tyron Smith mm-hmm. played better yep. in this yep. game. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I think with, with, as long as Mark Colombo gets to work another week, they're going to have to be really physical in this Philadelphia game. I'm not telling you something you guys already don't mm-hmm. know. But this, this Philly front will present some problems, and they better be on the screws. And I think Mark Colombo will get them ready. I thought Mark Colombo would have them ready for that game, you know, yesterday. Uh-huh. You know, and, but uh, I agree with Derek. When we, come at, when we came out of Oxnard, it wasn't the offensive line we were talking about. We were talking about a bunch of other positions, receivers, tight ends, safeties, you know, every, linebackers. Would they do enough? Nobody was really talking about the offensive line. Travis Frederick then gets the illness. Now we've got to play with Joe Looney. Well, wait a minute. We started talking about maybe Connor Williams is not strong enough right now, something we kind of talked about. But we didn't expect to have some slippage from Tyron Smith and then the regression uh, from Lyle Collins. That was stuff that we were not talking yeah, about. Yeah, and honestly, their decision to go with a committee at wide receiver and go with you know some inexperience at tight end, I think, Terrible like, idea. like Derek said, they hang their hat on yeah. dominating the line of scrimmage to where it's it's run focused and you can put some pieces around Dak that you don't have to go out and spend a ton of money on a on a guy to to, to help him in that area and and it didn't work didn't because work. we haven't seen the same line as we've seen Absolutely. two years ago. You can even go back to what Zeke said before the season. The media asked him about, hey, you might have to fight face eight man, nine man box. He was like, we've been facing that since I got here. Our expectation is that we'll be able to run against that. Right now, they're not. They're not being able to run against Nate. And so when you face a team that comes in and says, we're going to stop the run, Cowboys really don't have any answer for it because they can't run against those those fronts when teams say we're going to stop the run. Tight end's been bad there too as well. Nate, one more question before we we get out of here. uh, We got Mr. Eric, and uh, he's from Philly, and his wife, uh, Miss Christy, I think her name is. Hey, so watching the game last night, it looked like Mariota really took advantage of us. In what way? Uh, it looks like third down, third and long. Sure. We couldn't stop anybody. Okay. How do we stop the uh, Philly uh, wide receiver, especially <laughs> newest addition? Uh, Golden Tate. Tate, who uh, <laughs> seems to victimize us every uh, every time we play. Yeah, this is going to be and I know question. Leighton and them are coming up next, and they'll talk about that. What you're going to get from Philly is a lot of crossing routes. You're going to get a lot of run, uh, you know, and we saw that at Carolina in week one. Same kind of things. They like to use the tight end vertically. They like to use crossing routes and stuff. That's where Golden Tate makes a lot of his uh, of his plays. But you're going to deal with Jeffrey. You're going to have to deal with Tate. You know Zach Ernst. I mean, there's going to, they've got a lot of players. Challenge. It's going to be a challenge, and that quarterback's willing to stand in there and make throws. So if you're playing man coverage and you're having to chase, it's going to be just again like that Carolina game where you're chasing guys all over the field. They got to be ready for that. They got to be ready for those crossers. But if you're in the zone stuff too, you know making contact, knocking those guys off route, kind of disrupting some routes. That's going to be key in this football game because these receivers will go get it if they have to. we got one minute left. Anybody want to say anything? How much fun you had on this show? How <laughs> terrible nice. it was? It wasn't grumpy. It was fine. That yeah, was nice. Weather's you did a nice great. job, Shan. The weather the makes up. The meatballs are wonderful. The, the so meat, I, could, I tell you what, the meatballs will cover up a lot of bad. Hey, Shannon, I can take that straight jacket back we have for Broadus. I can take it back to the room. Oh, he's not, good now. Not yet. Okay, yeah, good hang now. on to it. But Ryan's maybe, good now. Maybe by Wednesday. Your buddy, your buddy Garrett needs a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I go pick up that red Jesus. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, Nate, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks thank for asking you. all the questions. Thanks to all the fans that came out. Yes, sir. Hang around. We got Leighton Vanderesh, Damian Wilson, Brad Sham, Taylor Stern, 
Derek Eagleton, thank you for showing up yes, sir. and keeping me employed. Brian Broadus, thanks for your wonderful insight, you. your football knowledge. Rob Phillips, I'm just glad I got to sit next to you for an oh, hour, buddy. Oh, I love you too, This buddy. was great. <laughs> yeah. All right, hang on because we got all the firepower coming next on Cowboys Happy Hour. Thanks for hanging with us. Thank you all. This has been – oh, wait. Cowboys Hours next. This has been happy yes. hour. Man, I almost held it together Boy, for an a, hour. How about, a, how about a bad dismount <laughs> oh, there? Oh, it was a terrible dismount. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week.